you're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations, all while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. Now here's your host, Robin Waite. Welcome back, everybody. It's the next episode of the Fearless Business Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Waite, the Fearless Business Coach. I've got an incredible guest on today talking about all things YouTube. He managed to achieve uh, 500,000 subscribers with just 11 videos in under 12 months on YouTube, which is absolutely phenomenal. Welcome to the show, James Janney. Thank you, Robin. Thank you so much for, for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Listen, one of the things which I'm so excited to get you onto the show because I'm a mass, A, I'm a massive fan. Uh, let's not make this awkward, James. Too awkward anyway. But um, there was a particular video which really drew me to your channel in the first place. And I'd, encourage, I'd actually encourage everybody to go and check out um, your, your videos because I love the way that you kind of tell the story through the videos which you produce. But there was one in particular which really stood out for me. And, and, it, and the reason for that is it kind of like brought a little bit of sick to the back of my mouth, but in a good way, right? Because it was about the whole fake guru thing in the coaching sort of consulting right. space out there, right? And I watched that video thinking, I'm a business coach, what? you know, made you feel a little bit, but that's the sure. power of the videos which you produce. But what was it about that particular sort of subject? And like, I'm, we're going to have a good, good chat about this, but what was it about that particular subject which drew you to it? What is it about fake gurus? Yeah, man, uh, it was crazy, especially around the time when that video came up because there really wasn't a lot of talk about it. But essentially in the uh, entrepreneur slash finance space of YouTube, what sort of began to happen, which was spurred on a lot from uh, sort of the days when I think Ty Lopez um, really began his ad, which was like the famous here in my garage ad, which was like all around YouTube. Um, what, what, what started happening was there became this epidemic of a particular kind of, I guess, quote unquote guru, or like how, how I guess it's now phrased as fake guru, um, which are particular individuals who will market what tends to be like an info product or whether it's sometimes coaching or whatever it might be. Um, but, specifically done in a in a way in which is very what I would consider unethical marketing and what a lot of people would would kind of look at as being quite unethical in the sense that the the marketing was never so imagine it's a drop shipping uh course that they're setting right how to do how to run a drop shipping business that in and of itself is fine you can make an info product about you know how to run a drop shipping course and here's what the business model looks like and here's what to look out for etc cetera, etc cetera. but the actual advertising was break out of the nine to five, live the laptop lifestyle. You got to do this for your family, have the passive income, do the, do, 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 do. and it was like this very heavy marketing towards something that in reality, the course is very unlikely to deliver on all of these insane promises that were being given through the advertising. Uh, and to some degree, you had these gurus who were just basically promoting with like crazy advertising these products, which really shouldn't have been overhyped as much as they were. And then if to some gurus, which where you go into more of the deeper levels, it wasn't just a product. It was sort of a product to leave you on to another upsell at the end and another upsell after that, um, all to get you on like a coaching or a mastermind program, which in and of itself isn't wrong to have these things, but it is in fact what's being taught and the expectations that are presented to the student. I won't, I won't go naming names, but obviously the video does a good job of, of throwing a few people in there. But, um, but you know, you had particular individuals who for, for maybe lack of a better word would use to a degree, like these sort of 
cult-like tactics to draw in an audience and make them and, and really suck them dry of their money and have them in, in almost awe at the guru, at the individual who's placed on this pedestal to continue selling these products and products when in fact they didn't need it. Like you'd have people buying a product about how to brand yourself as a, you know, as you know, how to ha- create an incredible brand for your business. And when you ask them, have you even got a business? They don't have one, but the marketing made them think that they just, they had to go and buy that course before they did the thing. Um, and and in what it is essentially uh, the fake guru video was a lot of it was my own pent up anger uh, kind of going through this maybe we'll touch on this later but it's sort of I went through a journey of where I was starting to get into entrepreneurship and I was initially introduced to it through what I also like to call is like the Instagram entrepreneur which is you know and uh, someone on Instagram who may have like entrepreneur in their bio and showcases the lavish lifestyle of traveling and mansions and the Lamborghinis in the back. And basically this really weird romanticized version of what running a business is and what entrepreneurship is about, but done obviously in a specific way to appeal to this kind of materialistic side um, or to, to somebody who in my case was like young, naive, really wanted to make money at the time. I was sort of losing my direction as well with what I wanted to do with myself. Um, and it gave me this, this notion of what entrepreneurship is like selling this massive, massive dream all to get me onto an info product or some kind of service that really cannot deliver on that promise. Um, yeah, I mean, that is the, that is the gist of it. They're, they're essentially picking on like really impressionable young people, essentially, or people yeah. who are like really struggling. And, 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 and this is the thing. Cause like when I, when I set the coaching practice, I get, I, I did it with like, you know, the best intentions and then kind of very quickly realized I was in this industry, which is right. kind of, a, I hate to say it, but co- the coaching space is very much like a pyramid scheme. It's like the, co- you know, the coach of the coach of the coach and everything leads to like these, <laughs> right, right. these like, you know, five or 10, people who seem to like be holding all of the cards I and mean, that's the bit where I kind of fe- feel a bit icky but then I'm like actually I'm in a position where I I'm a very fortunate position where I can help like you've done through your videos you can start to educate people who are impressionable on actually what's the truth behind this industry and there are some proper snake oil people out there like selling coaching selling courses like you said who have no intention of kind of like giving any good to their clients except for taking their money. And when you try and speak to them, they keep you at arm's length. You can't even get to the expert you've paid the money to. And for me, I was like, I completely the opposite. I, I throw myself in at the deep end with my clients. I get in the trenches with them and I, that's how I get results with them. It's, it's all about that accountability. It's not about, well, yeah, I make some money out of it. Like, don't get me wrong. I make a living, but, um, you know, when they're going around flashing Lambos and like making all these false promises and like, I don't mind naming a few, like you look at the likes of like Grant Cardone, 10X this and that, you know, getting people to run to the back of the room at big conferences or Rob Moore. Like there's loads of these people out there who were just, um, you know, much respect. They built big empires, but I don't think they've done it ethically. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't even envy the the spot that you're in, and, and especially with any. It was an interesting thing that I thought about, especially off that video, because um, like I, I always think about it, and I guess my thoughts have, have matured and looked at all different sides. Which is like, if you are, and like I don't think anyone that sells, for example, a course or is running a coaching business is inherently unethical. I think it's a particular group. I think actually a large group of people in, in the space that have kind of ruined the the interpretations of, of people in that business yeah. um, and it's really difficult I think if I was someone in your position who is running a coaching business to weed yourself or, or almost get away from the 
that side of the industry, which is filled with a lot of, the, and a lot of these people aren't even, I don't even think are intentionally, I even wonder at the top level that they definitely can't be thinking that, that what they're doing is unethical. I think there's to a degree, there's, I don't think a human can, unless you're just like a, you know, just like devoid of any kind of empathy. I don't think you can hold that much like cognitive dissonance without like just completely believing in what you're selling is, is what you're doing is ethical. Um, but, but yeah, I think I, I just, it's an incredibly difficult situation to be in to differentiate between people who are trying to make an ethical business from what they're doing. They're not like trying to promote their stuff or market their products or what they're doing in an unethical way. But there are people who are doing it, but don't realize it's wrong because they're just copying. It's like you said, the, the pyramid scheme type of thing where they're just copying the person who they've been obsessed with, who also taught them how to coach and how to market and using the same tactics on the people. You know, like it creates this weird, um, weird sort of thing where the person doesn't realize it's like the blind leading the blind type of deal. Um, that I've noticed, uh, especially in, in that space. And even after doing the fake guru video, you just, a big question on my head is like, you know, how many of these people are actually ill-intentioned in what they're doing or, or yeah. they genuinely believe that they're not doing something wrong? I, I let you in. I haven't really told this story because one, one, I'm slightly like embarrassed by it and actually, but I think it does need, it's a story which needs to be told. So I did invest in one of these sort of, you know, um, like advertising funnel type, um, uh, uh, programs, you know, got promised the earth. And um, part, in part of it, it was out of curiosity to see whether it, it was true or not. There was some mm. truth in it. Uh, the other part was because I was I was in that sort of stage where actually I need I was desperate for the results. I wanted to grow my business and scale it and do all the things these gurus kind of promised. So got into the program and in, in my first coaching session, um, I happened to mention that I was really struggling because, like, as you know, I've got two young kids. Um, you know, as I was struggling. I didn't feel like I was supported, you know, maybe by other members of my family. And um, uh, I kid you not, they turned around and told me that I should leave my wife. That was their solution to my business problem. Right. And I was like, I paid like, you know, several four figures for this um, program. Jesus Christ. And to be told that, it was like heartbreaking because you're like, you know, that's that's not coaching in my my mind. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, that is insane. Wow. Yeah, it's it's nuts. I think and and even even on the level of business, like it, it can get into. I think the the self help world has this really really badly. I think the reason why is there's been this weird divide between self help, like you look at a Tony Robbins figure versus a therapist. But when you actually just try and look at this, really on on just the, if you just look a little deeper, you realize that what they're doing is essentially like psychology or therapy. It's teaching and telling you how to live your life in a certain way to you know, or to fix some problems. Like you'll see at a Tony Robbins event, like someone will go up with, um, you know, someone might genuinely have like serious issues that do need to be attended to, but they'll go to Tony Robbins instead of like maybe a professional. And it's because of that, that the self-help sort of space gets a lot of people that maybe are unqualified. Um, yeah. like, in giving advice to people without any kind of anything like actual empirical evidence backing, whatever they're trying to like prescribe to people. Um, and, and even worse, some of it is just anecdotal. It's purely anecdotal. Like it worked for me, so it should work for you. Right. And there's no understanding that in fact, what you're doing is giving therapy just without any license, without any qualification. Uh, and, and in the business world, you, you get that a lot as well. And I think it's, it's crazy, man. I, <laughs> imagine signing up for a business course and they tell you to leave your wife. It's like, so it's so bizarre. I, I don't. Yeah. But it's yeah. like the 21 year old um, life coach or the sure, yeah. 28 yeah, yeah. stone fitness professional. Like these, 
these things just you, you can see them they they just don't add up you know and right. then, then after that happened i started to look a bit deeper but when, when you were obviously you you did that video because there was you mentioned that there was something in the industry that kind of just made you frustrated and angry and that you wanted to kind of do something about it did you ever think when you were making that video that you'd end up you know within 12 months with a half million subscribers and <laughs> like and and the the amount of positive comments on there as well of people who were just like you know thanking you for calling out calling out those people yeah it's been uh it's been crazy like no, no way did i ever anticipate like getting to where it did after 12 months so like for full context i remember starting the channel and my goal was hey if i could get a thousand subscribers by the end of the year that would be a successful year for me and i didn't even i genuinely say this like i didn't think i could even hit that mark um i look at so many of the videos even even with the fake guru video and, and some of the other ones that came afterwards like i always looked at them and thought oh man like this just isn't there like i can't imagine people watching this and then like getting to like millions of views in in the sort of space of time that it happened in um was just it, it was insane to me and and obviously the comments are like incredibly nice of people that have sort of had similar experiences to me whether it's in the sort of fake guru in the business world or whether it's in the uh self-help sort of world or whether it's doing like multi-level marketing which i had never gone into but it, it very closely relates to this subject um it, it's been very very like some of the comments you get is like people saying that you know you saved me from from getting into this stuff and i was about to get into it and and in this video and it, it's an it's an amazing uh, feeling to, to yeah. feel like I've I've actually helped people just um, through going through my own experiences in those in those areas. Um, but yeah, no way I never anticipated this happening uh, ever. I mean, I, I tried, I did my best what I could do, um, but definitely not in the space of time in which it happened. Do you do you feel like you've got a, quite a big responsibility now as well to kind of carry on creating not just videos to that high quality, but also to be able to um, carry on influencing in that same way, like finish what you started. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. There is that. Um, like, and sometimes it's it's tough because then people will, when you make a video, and this always um, happens, it's almost impossible to prevent it. But like, you make a video talking about these fake gurus or talking about these aspects of self help that um, are you know aren't aren't quite right or are shady. And immediately someone will go, well, you to now give me the answers. I'll, I'll get that so much. Like I remember having, and it does feel bad. It's like people will email saying like, hey, you got me out of this rut, but like, tell me what to do now. And it's like, you missed the point. <laughs> like, I'm not the person to tell you what to, this is like, I'm not that person that tells you what to do. There's so many options out there. You've got to figure it out for yourself um, and, you know, not buy into any crazy like guru who's who's selling you on this, this insane dream or this insane idea of getting there as quick as possible, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and, and there is a lot of pressure there. I think, it, it, it's, I feel like for the most part with a couple other nuanced messages here and there, I feel I've closed out the chapter of my channel where I've covered these sort of particular topics of like fake gurus and self-help. Um, I think there's still areas in which I, I, I want to explore and I, I will continue to do so. But in many ways, I feel like now the channel has moved into uh, a sort of new chapter of it where I'm, you know, I'm very much interested in the documentary storytelling aspect of the, of the videos that I've made so far. And I really love that entertaining aspect and giving someone a video where they can feel like they can sit down with like popcorn and and go in and watch it um and and this lends itself maybe if we want to talk about it into the, the sort of whole world of the career economy and and the kinds of opportunities that have lent themselves to me because of the space that i'm in uh in youtube yeah because it, it kind kind of like the the um yeah definitely let's get into the the creator economy side of things as well because actually your how you got into making the videos it wasn't like a 
a straightforward path either because you um you started out wanting to be an actor didn't you right, and then, right, yeah. then kind of got into the business side of things then the youtube channel came along and now it's kind of almost going full circle again because like the, the pieces of work which you create are incredibly like creative and then it, there's another circle to that where you've kind of gone back into well now i can create a business from this as well so yeah there's a whole lot of stuff kind of all interwoven into your story isn't there yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really good point. I think the the whole, it's been interesting. Like I, I was, yeah, very much into acting. Like my goal was to be, you know, being, you know, as, as how I was at the time. I was like, I wanted to be the best actor in the world was kind of the goal that I had. I had, I would tell a lot of people even, you know, within five minutes of meeting me at some point, you probably would hear me say like, I want to be an actor. I do acting, et cetera, et cetera. Um, a lot of my reputation had been sort of built on that, at least in school and and going forward from there and, and go trying to get into drama school, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so then there kind of came a point where uh, it was, it was after this holiday with some friends of mine um, where basically I had like quite a bit of money saved up after the holiday I had nothing. Um, it was basically like no money left. And I was put in this position where I was like, Oh damn, like I'm basically broke. I need to go and make some money. And now when you're doing acting uh, with a lot of actors, the there's always this kind of assumption, which is I'm going to be broke until I make it is, is always the sort of mentality. Um, and I feel like it's a lot in the, in the creative world right now, that kind of mentality persists. Um, but then the moment I had this desire, I guess, to, to find a way to make money was suddenly this switch and this turn where I started looking up online, like how to make money online. And this is where I was introduced to the sort of Instagram entrepreneur, the fake guru, um, which kind of fed me these crazy ideas about like, you know, making me almost hate this idea of like having a nine to five job, for example, is like seen as the the equivalent to, to being, you know, a failure right in your life um and yeah and i had i was fed a lot of these ideas and eventually i sort of began to form better ideas about what 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 are what's good advice what's bad advice um but the sort of gems that i got from this period of time um was understanding entrepreneurship and and how i could bring that and mix that with my creativity um and it wasn't initial like that initial spark that got me there like it wasn't suddenly i realized oh great like i can do youtube um it was a gradual process you know first uh, whilst i was still quite following a lot of these gurus um i first began like a social media marketing agency with a friend of mine um and we did that for a couple months uh and we went at it very strongly we didn't get anywhere with it we eventually quit then i was sort of in a position where i was like okay i need to make money i picked up like two jobs on the side and then was looking for like the next business the next idea i i found this like idea for like a business that i could potentially do which was um almost creating like the code academy but for finance, so like Code Academy, um, for anyone that might not have heard, it's like a website um, or I guess platform where you get to learn about how to code and it's done in a very like friendly lessons, et cetera. It's like Skillshare, but for coding. I want to do something similar, but for financial literacy, because there's always been a thing in my head where you never really taught these subjects in school. Um, so that was what I was working on. I remember building that platform at this time. I was like reading all kinds of business books. Um, the Lean Startup was a brilliant book that I read around this time as well, um, which then kind of spurred me into this other idea where I, I sort of thought, and it's interesting because I, I, what led me onto YouTube and mixing the creator side of me with the, the entrepreneurship side was a few things. And first in my head initially, it was, hey, I, maybe I should start a YouTube channel to promote this quid of me business on the side. Um, and that was one thing. And the, the other part of me also really wanted to start a YouTube channel. I just never had the real excuse until this thing came along. And now in hindsight, I could actually like, I, I feel like it was very much just an excuse for me to get into this space. Yeah. The moment I started the YouTube channel about the first video was just a video I needed to get out. Like I, I don't even consider that the start of my channel because 
it was just a video that I knew if I didn't do this, I wouldn't get started. I think it was the fake guru video really was where the channel started for me. And the moment I did it, it was a realization of, it brought back all of the acting and the creativity that I almost, big mistake, but I, I left behind when I got into this entrepreneurship space because I almost didn't see how it could help me. Um, and the moment I did the fake guru video, it was like, oh God, like I've been an idiot. Like this is, this is it. Like this feels great. It brings in the storytelling. It brings in the narration. It brings me, brings in all these aspects of what I've been practicing and honing. It was like my unfair advantage. When you look at all the other YouTubers in the sort of finance and business space of YouTube, this was something different that I could bring into the space. Yeah. Since fake guru video onwards, really, it's been a case of, I left like the other idea behind and, and then YouTube became the main, main thing for me. Um, yeah, that but, was. But that again, was a... it's easy to have like a one-hit wonder on on YouTube, isn't it? Whereas actually now, and it's not oh. just because you got a lot of subs, you know, you didn't get all of your subscribers from that one video. You've had to grab no, 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 yeah. time, and and to then come back and produce another sort of dozen or more videos of the same quality. And I, I know is like we've spoken offline where you've talked told me about that it takes forty to eighty hours to ed, like produce and edit each one of those videos. There's a ton of work which goes into that. Yeah. One of the key things that I really kind of take out of it, though, is that there's a lot of business owners out there who I think are kind of um, stuck just trying to do what they can to make money, but they have lost sight, almost like you did, of what is it that they're actually passionate about? Why did they get into business in the first place? And if they were thinking about doing a YouTube channel or a podcast or whatever, blogging or whatever it is, they should focus on that thing that they're passionate about, not the process of making money for their business. For sure. For sure. Very, yeah, absolutely. 100%. I think that's a miscon. That's partly the reason why I ended up like not continuing that social media marketing agency business. Cause it was a realization that I just got into this because in my head, it was about the money, money, money. And if I get 10 clients at 10,000, 1000, and I'm making six figures and it was so focused on money. And it was only when I realized that I could bring in the things that I had been passionate about before and had developed skills in and mix it in with that entrepreneurship, with the side of it, which is about, okay, how can I actually bring this to a market? How can I actually solve some kind of issue or find a gap in the market that I'm trying to bring this into? Once I brought those ideas together and then realized that the YouTube channel kind of brought these things together for me, that was when I can actually like enjoy what I'm doing at the same time as also making money from it and building a business from it. Um, and I think the creator economy is something that, which I think also hasn't been, it's nowhere near its sort of peak or, or where it's uh, where it could be. I think it's developing into something insane. And, and the creator economy is, is that thing that allows this initial narrative of like the starving artist, for example, to kind of die out. Um, like we are seeing creators and, and also, and in, in this should be said, like if you're a business owner listening to this, uh, it's not like, oh, I'm not a creator. Therefore I'm like, this isn't important to me. The, the complete opposite message. It's like, now you're seeing businesses go to influencers or go to social media or go to find these creative like outlets to advertise their products, either through a sponsorship or by having their own account. Um, because this is where the attention is at. Like I'm sounding like Gary Vee at the moment, but like, it's basically, <laughs> it's true. It, though. It's, 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 exactly yeah. yeah. When you look at, for example, what you, and it might be interesting because you've got kids as well, Rob. So like when you look at your kids, for example, you know, what are they, what are they doing? They're not like on, for example, they're not watching TV, at least what, from what you'd see with kids now, like they're on YouTube. Yeah. My, my girls regularly watch LEV toys. You know, it's just like, she's got an Australian girl with a really whiny voice who makes Lego models and they, they just glued to it for hours and end. And then, then we get demands on birthdays for like presents and things that we know nothing about because we can't see it on channel five anymore. Yeah. 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 It's, it, this is brilliant. But, but the thing, and the, what you don't almost realize is that the channel that they're watching 
that your kids are watching, this is like a whole media empire that is built. So there's another, there's a famous example, especially because we, now we're talking about the toy channels, for example, um, was a guy called, I think his name is Ryan's World or, or something like that. I can't, I can't remember his name. Very, very popular channel that basically um, was a kid who kind of plays around with toys and, and his parents always helping out. And they, they sort of unbox toys and reviews them, et cetera, et cetera. This is a kid who now has his own toys in Toys R Us, has his own TV show with him on it, um, gets, I think, like hundreds of millions of views just from his YouTube channel alone, and has built an, a multi, multi-million dollar like empire from this idea of in, being in the creator economy. This isn't someone that was backed by some bigger industry people. They started off as a YouTube channel that was able to flesh out a bigger media but, company but this from is, it. This is it. That, that, uh, and I totally get this now. Actually, it makes complete sense. I didn't fully understand it before, but it's no different to the likes of, um, you know, rap artists going off and buying like whiskey brands. Yes, brand, yes, yes, brand yes, brands. yes. Yep. Ryan, uh, Ryan Reynolds going off and buying aviation gin. And then you see his videos popping up on YouTube and stuff. They're yes. very entertaining, but, um, yeah. you know, and all sorts of stuff like that. But it's about, um, I, there's three things involved in it. It's about the, um, the celebrity. And then it's about part, like those partnerships, channel and distribution, basically. And if you get the Holy Trinity of getting all three of those right, you know, that, that you, like you said, you can build an empire off the back of that. 100%. There was, um, Oh, there was a great interview with uh, Mr. Beast, manager. Mr. Beast is like one of the fastest growing channels or has been a very huge channel on YouTube. Um, and his manager had said something which was which is really true and I'm paraphrasing it, but it was essentially like these YouTubers or the people that are kind of considered YouTubers or just, you know, the creative, creative people or the, the you know TikTok kids or whatever, they are sort of going to be the Disney's like of like future future. Like they are the ones that are going to be running this bigger media um, company, which sounds insane now. And a lot of people are probably rolling their eyes like, Oh yeah. Right. But it really, you have to look and just see that this is exactly what is playing out. Um, on the, on the note of like Mr. Beast, for example, who's like a channel that does like uh, all these crazy challenge sort of videos. This is someone who has now uh, started out like a restaurant chain uh, of their brand um, who has had an app that they had launched where they just wanted to test it out. Uh, and it was like a game where you had to like put your finger on the app and then the last one to leave it earned like a certain amount of money. They had millions of people download it and it was only in the US that they had this. Now imagine a sponsorship deal on that of the millions of eyes on a certain thing. Like these are people that are being like, able to branch out and build bigger, bigger businesses. Um, and and, and the, the example of Disney is great because I guess there was the, like what Disney did well is you had the Disney corporation is based on a multitude of other mediums there's like the disney studios where you create the movies and the cartoons but then that also plays into the in-person experience which is going to disneyland uh or there's the music aspect of disney where you have all the music stuff that's created from their movies or the cartoons or the comics and on the merchandise and there's this whole world that is built um around just one thing which is in this case in this case disney but in, in the case of the creator economy will be the creator's world that they build um and it will, it will play out like this very much in into the future um which is yeah it's very very exciting like it's it's great to be a part of that world um but it's also insane how many not just creators but businesses don't realize how huge so, like the potential is in this economy well, the, 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 you mentioned it like Disney's a really interesting example as well. And this is probably going off on a slight tangent, but they, most of their business model operates around a licensing model. Right, right. So, uh, but they don't even, it's not like they're out there building loads of Mickey Mouses and going and selling them. Like they, they, you buy the license and then you can go and make your own Mickey Mouse, whatever it is, if you want to. Yeah. You know, so, and, and so Disney never have to touch any of that. And I think this is where a lot of 
business owners get very stuck is they think that either they are the thing which they're selling or they have to be very closely attached to the thing which they're selling. And in, in pretty much most small businesses, you know, like I said, for our channel, we're talking about coaches, consultants, and freelancers here. The thing which they sell is their time. And they, they can't see how they could actually license their, their ideas, their intellectual property out there. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where like coming, coming full circle back to like what we're talking about, the cre- creator economy is a way, if you like, of licensing those ideas. It's about being able to produce content, get it online. And then people can see that time and time again. It's, it's free or very cheap to deliver it like multiple times over. Mm-hmm. And you can earn income off the back of that. Yeah. 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 It, it, and it's a great, like I put, zero into advertising with my channel like zero i didn't spend anything on advertising my channel it was purely because of an algorithm that youtube has which is you know its goal is to detect videos that people watch essentially and produce and serve that content up to you know a user and that has generated me now in total winning over the course of my channel like upwards of 20 million views like imagine how much that would cost for a business to advertise and not just that's not just about advertising or how much would that cost for advertising but bear in mind the fact that these are viewers who are invested into me into the channel into what i i say and what i do and with that comes you know if i had a product for example and i recommend people if you if you're a business owner that also wants to start a channel or um you know wants to get started and, and make a move into this world of the career economy um which i would hi- highly encourage uh i would encourage you to have like a business on the back end so imagine if i had some kind of business or something on the back end maybe you know i was uh, i had sold like animation um, preset packs for my editing because people love the editing on the channel it's part of the unique selling point if i had something like that already built bringing in all these viewers it would take a simple mention not even a mention of it or even just a link in the description that could call like i genuinely believe it could be potentially generating you know upwards of like five thousand a month um for for the channel passively like it's not like i'm doing anything uh crazy to promote that but it just comes with the fact that this world of of, you know social media and, and this creator economy allows you to have uh content that is produced out there that is able to constantly get those viewers and, and generate that viewership and, and people to actually like you for you, not like you're paying to throw yourself in front of them. Um, that's not to say paid advertising doesn't work, but it's just, it's an alternative that is also absolutely free. Um, it's, it's interesting what you said there, because I mean, most of the people sort of listening to this, watching this, well, um, they already have the business, the products behind, you know, they've right, got the right, 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 yeah. Coaches, consultants, they've got the products, but what they, what they kind of lack almost, and this is where I, I said to you last time we caught up, I mean, I'd love to get inside your head and look at that creative process. Like, how do you come up with those ideas? And the, the quality of the script is like awesome. But for like the, the humble business owner who maybe struggles with the creativity side of sure, things, yep. it feels like sometimes all we're left with is um, uh, the, the they ask you answer approach, which is like what somebody, like the how-to type videos and things like that which let's face it, they're quite bland. They're not really going to get many eyeballs or they don't have much stickability. How could a coach or a consultant start to break outside of that and start to introduce a bit of creativity into the videos which they're producing? Yeah, yeah, brilliant, brilliant question. Um, because I, I think that's also a huge issue that you might face, even with even with someone who's like running a law firm, for example. Like, how do I get into like TikTok or YouTube, right? Um but the honest answer and the best thing that I would do, for example, if I was in that position, is first go and look at what's already out there in, on YouTube and what is popular, um, finding it as close uh, as it is to whatever your like niche is or whatever you're doing. Look at what content is already extremely popular or what people talk about. I think, for example, literally having, I remember like hearing about TikTok, right? And I never, never went on it. I, I thought it was, it was silly. But the moment I went on it, 
and spent about an hour looking at it, you immediately understand. You 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 get it straight away. What it is that kind of pops off, and and what 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 is the attraction there? Doing this for whatever is closely associated to your niche on YouTube, on TikTok, and just understanding. Okay, this person does this thing where they create like a challenge. For example, of uh, of I did X, I did X inside of one month, whatever. Right? How could I fit that now into what my business is? Um, like if. I don't know, if you were like a, a, a coach or a consultant, for example, uh, you could do a challenge where you take a client. You said, I got my client to X amount of income per month, right? And you work with that person and you document that journey, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you could find interesting ways of, of changing that title up for like, for example, for the, yeah. just to help with the YouTube algorithm or whatnot. Um, but just looking at what other people are doing and seeing what you could bring in. Like you, I think, I think it's 60% of it or 70% of that journey is just because a lot of business owners, I think, don't, get involved in the world or don't even try to look into it. Um, because I do think that we we have like a lot of creativity in, in built in, in what we do. It's just sometimes we just end up leaving, like I did when I got into entrepreneurship, like I kind of left it aside and never revisited it until I realized that it actually would be helpful. The best way of revisiting it is just going and diving into these worlds of YouTube or TikTok or whatever, and just spending a little bit of time seeing what goes off. And I think it will click. I think for like 70% of that journey, just looking at what other people are doing and kind of beginning to get a feel for what it's like and now seeing how you can come up with ideas for your own business um, that, that relate to it. Uh, like, I honestly think um, Gary Vee, who, you know, I have mixed feelings about, but his, you know, social media advice, when you watch some of his keynotes, especially the Q&A moments where you have business owners literally with this exact problem of how do I make something creative out of my business? He has like great, great advice um, that I, I recommend having, like looking into in terms of how you mix those two things together. Um, but yeah, I think 70% of it or 60% of it is just literally going and looking at what other people do and seeing how you can relate it to your own business and your own niche. You, you talk about, I mean, Gary V. I mean, I've, he's, he's one of those people I, I Utterly hated the guy for a very long period of time. And then I happened sure. to see him speak at the old York Hall down in London once. And um, he's, he, first of all, he stood up on stage, no script, didn't have a PowerPoint presentation or anything like that. And he just said, listen, I'm not going to answer any questions about social media. He said, anything else, I'll talk to you about it. He said, if you want social media tips, you can go and Google it. But one of the things which really stood out for, for, for me was, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't backstage, but I was close to backstage. And... Um, Somebody, this young woman came, he came off stage and this young woman came running across and she'd obviously like was really desperate just to speak to him. So she, she got close to him. It was like, Gary, Gary, I've got a question for you. The bodyguards, like his, his team or, you know, the, they started pushing her to like one yeah. side and he stopped and he went, no, she's come here to see me. I want to speak to her. And so, and he stood there and he coached her for 10 minutes. Like, obviously we're all just stood around listening and people taking videos and stuff like that, but that's how he gets his but there was it wasn't just for bits and giggles he didn't do that just for views and likes right he he did that in that moment because i think he genuinely wanted to help that person and i think that's what makes him stand out from some of the other sort of you know so-called gurus out there who yeah. you don't get that access for sure for sure yeah gary v is there i don't think and he he tries to, to make himself different from that world as well like and, and to be completely fair to him he's got vayner media which is his bigger company like it's not like his whole thing is Hey, I'm the motivational speaker guy. Like it's that's not his uh, his main thing. He's got Vayner Media. He's got his his companies that he's he's been building. Um, obviously, it helps a lot to be to have that sort of omnipresent um, uh, presence across like social media and whatnot. But um, but yeah, no, for sure, he, he's he's definitely someone that is worth look. I think even just a note. Um, like for me, when I was searching up how to make money, like one of the first suggestions that I had came from Gary Vee, which was just go into uh, you know 
in in the case of uh, US, like garage sales, which you know what we had here in the UK, which is car boot sales, and just going and buying and selling, uh, like flipping items on eBay. And that was the first thing that I did, which was something that worked for me. It was actually the first thing that sort of sparked a side of me, which was like, oh crap, like I really like this idea of like going and making money and and actually going and, and physically doing something to to create that, right? Um, so to be yeah fair to him, it's not he's not quite in that in that in that rank of, of well he of he um he inspired me to go and clear out my own garage and start selling stuff. <laughs> like I made nice. a couple of grand just on all the junk i've got hidden away out there but so we're not in this again i've taken this on a, a slight distraction here because i think when it when it comes to um small business owners creating videos as well i think one of the things you need to um again it wasn't like an overnight success for you you still have sure, yes, an yeah. awful lot of time and uh, well, not money but time and effort into planning and recording and editing those videos and actually then the consistency to have to come back each month and keep on, you know, paying into the YouTube algorithm, so to speak, with the new videos. A lot of small business owners, I think, just don't really know where to kind of, like, which social media channel to kind of pay their pay their pound into their 50p into which meter. And um, they would struggle to see, like, if they didn't get immediate results after doing one or two videos on YouTube, they'd probably just go on to the next shiny thing. So, what advice would you give to somebody who maybe hasn't quite seen that that payback just yet? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, like, I think first of all, it's it's difficult because with the success of the channel um, that I had, like a lot of people do come to me thinking that I've got a magic recipe and doing this in a short period or give someone the expectation that this is what you should be expecting in, in a short period of time to get this amount of views and subscribers. And that shouldn't be the expectation. You should see it as a very long-term, like two to three year strategy. That isn't to say in two to three years is the only time in which it will start paying you back, but it is how you need to be approaching it is very like, in the long term, uh, extremely patient. In the short term, impatient, if that makes sense. So, um, and, and it's not like you can't get there in a year, right? There are people, there are certain, there's a thing when you start to delve into the world of, uh, specifically I speak on YouTube because that's what, what I know. When you delve into the world of YouTube, there are people who have built channels, who have been inside of that world, who have who've understood the algorithm and looked in and have and develop a sense of they know what will pop off where you could literally launch them into a channel that they've, you know, that they've got no other previous like influence to to do anything with it. And they could launch that channel and get it to like half a million or a million inside of a year because they've built like the, the sort of sense to know what works, what doesn't work, um, you know, what the right titles are, thumbnails, etc. These sort of considerations that you may have to go into when you run a YouTube channel. But the point is that go into it with a more of a long-term strategy. But the upside is if you're sitting there thinking, you know, what what is the benefit for me? I've spent, you know, three months into this and I'm getting like 15 views on a video. What do I do? Well, first of all, it's, you know, understand that your expectation isn't just throw out content and just hope that somebody, you know, watches it. You do have to know what is the value that you're providing? Who are the people inside of my niche? How does the algorithm work? How can I play towards the algorithm? And these are all things that you can Google. Um, Like as much as, like I, I, for example, I took a course right on on YouTube, um, which was it was Graham Stephan's course. But you don't have to. A lot of the information there, and he, I think, even says it himself, it's information you can find online. Uh, like there's plenty of information online, and ultimately, you learn a lot as well by just going and doing the thing, um, and just constantly learning from that. But yeah, YouTube isn't just something where you post whatever, like any kind of content, and throw it out there. If you really want it to work for the business then you've got to put that time and effort into understanding what makes the algorithm work. And when it comes to the question of, well, is this really going to be valuable? I mean, it's, it's, it's tough for me to even, if it's, if it works, for example, if you were a channel that averaged, you know, even 10,000 views a video or even 20,000 views a video, 
the amount of power that has it and it's purely just free through understanding the algorithm through making video and building that core audience um, like there's the classic uh, sort of 1000 true fans kind of essay that you, you always hear about which is you know if you have a thousand true fans and um, they have a total value of like a hundred or I think it's like a hundred or I can't remember how much it was I think it was like a hundred and that's like a, that's already six figures in a year like building that true fan uh, that that true fans core audience is very, very much possible for YouTube. There's another great um, phrase, which uh, from like a, a YouTuber that I watch and, and who we both know, Ali, Ali Abdal, right? Who says, you know, all it takes is one piece of content to change your life. And, and in many ways it can be true, which is uh, for me, for example, the fake guru video was the first video on the channel that blew up. The moment that blew up, every other channel consecutively grew a uh, grew view in viewership um, from there. Um, I mean, at this point, it's like kind of up to you to, to sort of really consider how much is it worth having like a consistent audience of even 10,000 people watching my stuff, or even 1,000 people watching my stuff. Don't underestimate how like how how crazy those numbers can really be and how impactful it can be for yeah. your business. Well, what it comes, you know, it comes back to that thing. Like if you go into expecting to make a million bucks, you know, you just like you're wasting your time uh, the thing i get the most you know i'm one of those people unfortunately james he does release a video and gets at least 10 v- views on it but um if i get a comment in there and somebody says that that's changed your life that's that's payment enough yeah, for me. I, yeah. you know i love that and it's the same reason why i have the books i've got clients through youtube like you know so i've made i've monetized it that way not loads but enough to make it sort of worthwhile and you know even with things like the podcast as well you know I, it was like episode 63 where i was thinking oh god just need to jack this in it's like you put all this time energy and effort into it right. and then in the space of a single week you know i get requests from you know a large international pharmaceutical company in microsoft who want me to speak at an event because of like episode number three that they listen to and it's like right. well that makes it worthwhile but i had to go through you have to go through years you have to pay into the meter basically and without any expectation of any return and then you get nice surprises periodically which come back uh, there is a little part of me which is just like oh, i'd really love to have like a a video it just goes even a little bit viral you know sure. um but hopefully that will come but i think it is um you know that i i stand a much better chance of that happening because i am producing content at least if you just decide well i'm not going to produce any content you're not going to get any results yeah yeah for sure yeah like yeah. this is what, what happened with the first video that i posted as well which is the whole reason i did it it's like the moment you even post one video you're ahead of like 99 percent of people who, yeah. who say they want to do youtube and never end up posting anything um, so yeah, the moment you even get started is always a great step. And then from there, it's like a process of just learning what works, what doesn't work. And 100%, again, this is 60, 70% of it, as I think a lot of like business owners don't go and look at just what is actually trending, what is popular, like understand the culture of like YouTube and social media. Um, and, and not even just because it's, oh, it's just fun to go and like, do it because understanding that can genuinely like affect and change so much of what you're doing with your business in terms of building that that audience whether it's on youtube whether it's on tiktok or whatever it is um i think like honestly 60 70 percent of it is go and look at what other people are doing in and around your niche what's popular and just start to figure it out uh like you you will get a taste for it the moment you even just go and spend even an hour just looking at um at youtube and what what is popular and what what works what doesn't work yeah, 100%. Well, I, I said we'd only record for 20 minutes, James, and we've gone way over that. I think we've nice. double, double the time already because I, I think the whole subject's um, absolutely fascinating. And I'm, I'm, I'm so inspired by, well, we've got, like you said, Ali is a mutual friend as well, but you and Ali, I'm inspired by both of you and what you do with YouTube. And I think you're both like making a massive difference to so many people's lives. And 
I love the fact there's also a bit of controversy in your videos, but there's also like a, an incredibly powerful message through it as well. So uh, I get the opportunity to personally thank you for for those videos and for the channel and the work you do. And I hope you don't stop doing it either. I think like like persevere with it because there's some really great stuff there. And I and I did say if I'm I'm not leading the witness here, James, but I did say if ever you did a course where we could extract your brain and how you produce your ideas for your videos. Um, I, I would certainly buy that course anyway, but, um, Hey, I'm not, I'm not going to lead you any which way. So, so with that yeah. said, James, what are you working on at the moment? Yeah. Good, good, good question. Um, yeah, it's been a lot of considerations in terms of where I want the channel to go. I mean, we kind of touched on this idea of like Disney fying a brand and, and creating these, this bigger network. And I think that's, that's definitely where I want to go. Um, for the moment it's, uh, I've done a lot of considerations in terms of like the branding and, and what is like, what are the future projects? Um, obviously I'm very big on the documentary storytelling stuff and I very much enjoy that aspect of my videos. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's because this is literally the question that I've been asking myself, like, where do I go from here? What's next for the channel and what I'm doing? Um, and obviously now I'm, I've also, this year has been big on building a team. So like I've got an editor on board now, um, an assistant who's been helping me and then I want to continue sort of growing um, that team and, and really just producing this content that is that is phenomenal and is something different that hasn't been seen on the platform. Uh, I mean, the long, long-term vision is honestly to get to a point where it's, it is like a media company where, you know, I can, if need be, go and, and fund like a bigger full-scale documentary project and have that pitched to Netflix, HBO, or maybe it's on our own platform, maybe it's on the channel. Like, I don't know what that might look like, but um, but the understanding of like the career economy is huge. Like it presents a ton of opportunities. Knowing that um, is very exciting for me. And honestly, it's about just having a little bit of patience with myself, continuing to produce the content, learning as I, cause I'm still learning um, how to make good videos. Uh, like even though I, I was an actor, like I didn't, I never was behind the camera. So I, I only recently have started learning about camera gear, for example, um, despite like what you might see with the videos and the crazy production, it's like all of this stuff is still fairly new to me. Um, so yeah, continuing to make the content, continue to grow um, the team uh, and finding new sort of ventures and things to explore, which are related to the, to the main channel and the core, I guess, business and media company that I'm trying to build. Yeah. Nice. Well, I'll encourage everybody to go and check out James's um, uh, channel on YouTube. So it's just uh, forward slash James Janney, isn't it? So we'll make sure we share a link into the, um, the show notes as well. Um, uh, for my final question. So we're going to hop into the fearless business time machine, James, and we're going to go back to a time in your past. You get to choose the year and you've got to give James T minus X years a message. So what year is it? What would you say to him? Yeah, it's a really good question. So for me, I think probably the most, the the period of time which was like, I think the most important for me to kind of go back to and look at uh, was the time in which I was losing my passion for acting. Um, and this was sort of that moment where I was kind of getting into entrepreneurship and I was trying to find like what I was, what I wanted to do with my life, I guess. Um, that, yeah, that kind of question that, that sometimes you, you find yourself in like, almost when you're almost like a university student, I imagine probably get that a lot as well. Um, it's like figuring out, okay, what, what, what is the thing? What am I doing really is the question. Um, and it was around this period where I would like to kind of go back to. And first I would like to tell myself to sort of, number one, enjoy the process. Like, even though I know kind of how it's panned out, um, a part of that was always this worry of, of a fear of the unknown. Um, but I think a big thing that I would say is enjoy the process and do something like you can't go wrong 
if you just do something versus not doing anything and being in a, in a period of just limbo of, of constantly being sitting there wondering what am I going to do versus I don't know what I'm going to do. Here's something that I'm kind of interested in. Let me go and pursue that and see where, and, and in many ways, this is kind of what I ended up doing. Right. Um, but I think maybe even if it's someone else who's in that position, um, of maybe being unsure, maybe losing their passion for one thing that they built their identity on and not knowing where to go from there. It's like, find something and and go for it and enjoy the process. Even if you're not wholly into it, you can't go wrong by just being in motion and doing something. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think a lot of people get very caught caught up in that, trying to find themselves, what's their, what's their purpose in life. And actually, too many people see purpose as being something that's in the future, whereas actually if you realize that what you're doing is you're living your purpose like now this is your purpose whatever right. you're doing right now it would actually make you more proactive to want to get out and do stuff because if you yeah. just like you said sitting around like doing nothing you'd be like well this isn't my purpose being sat here watching made in chelsea or something on telly you know it's like what's the purpose in that you know so live your purpose now i think that's like a really powerful message definitely Awesome. James, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Um, so, so some amazing insights there around YouTube. I'm sure um, you're going to get some good sort of feedback on that. And hopefully one or two, not that you need them, but one or two more subscribers from the channel as well. But um, yeah, every little helps, man. Every little helps. <laughs> I really appreciate you coming onto the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on, Robin. Awesome. And a little reminder for everybody as well. Uh, don't forget, we've got the 100th um, episode of the Fearless Business Podcast. We've got the relaunch party coming up. So do listen out for that one. Uh, I think, I think James, you're going to be like episode 95, 96 or something like that. Nice. So you, we're, we're going to be doing the 100th party episode as well. So uh, uh, thank you so much again, James. Uh, we'll catch up with everybody for the next episode. Mm-hmm.